You're with Andrew Cuse, and uh, we've made the trek from Melbourne to Warrnambool Race Club, and uh, coming up shortly, of course, the May Carnival. And great to spend some time here with uh, manager Tom O'Connor. Great to see you, Tom. Yeah, it is, Andrew. Uh, yeah, thanks for making the time and uh, and seeing you in person. Uh, you know, you do a fantastic job on the radio um, throughout the uh, the racing calendar year, and um, yeah, good that you can make it down to uh, to sunny Warrnambool. Great that we can have people on track for the Warrnambool Carnival. Before we talk about the general public and members, we've spoken for many years, Wodonga now at the Bull, but this will be your first carnival as a manager with crowds on track, yet you've been here for, what, nearly two years? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's quite bizarre, actually. So, uh, obviously, uh, COVID uh, has uh, obviously played a fair pl- part in, in all of that. Um, this You know, this time last year, we were uh, obviously... Uh, Chasing our tails, um, turning the carnival around with, uh, with being crowd free. So, but it, it's super exciting that we're obviously allowed to have, you know, 12,000 for each of the three days of the, uh, the 21, uh, carnival. So the cap you are given is 12,000 people each day. Explain to our listeners and many people that just go to the carnival and a few other, uh, events during the year how we arrive at that number. And was it what you would hope for? Tell us how you work with that. So first of all, start with the number you've been given. Yeah, look, it probably based uh, a little bit around the Thursday. So the the twelve thousand mark on the Thursday has been around the mark that the, the club has sort of been reaching, um, and you know through the support of um, the racing minister and the Victorian government, they saw fit to allocate that for the Tuesday and the Wednesday as well. Um, certainly, our previous data shows that we haven't been reaching the mark on those two days, but definitely been uh, definitely been um, reaching it, quite getting close to it on on the uh, obviously on the on the on the Thursday. So the makeup between members, general public, those that come from Melbourne, uh, regular racegoers each year that come to the Bull, how is that divided up? Is it first in, first served? How is that? How is that going to be worked out? Yeah, we've created the two zones. Um, so we've got our uh, our members, owners, and industry um, pass uh, zone, and then we've just got a public zone. So. Um, Potentially on the, uh, and looking at the numbers that are in at the moment on the uh, Tuesday and the Wednesday, it's probably weighted a little bit to the members zone as far as the crowd balance will go. Um, but on the Thursday, certainly with the influx of the public being a public holiday here in Warrnambool, um, you'll find that uh, that'll balance out on the, uh, on the Thursday. So I guess depending on weather and other circumstances, what are the normal figures you would get from year to year and it will go to a sellout? Yeah, it'll go very close. Um, you know, as I said earlier, the, uh, the, the Thursday is probably the, uh, the, the day that we're monitoring the most. Um, you know, our membership has surpassed where we were in 2019, which is, um, just a fairly, you know, astronomical, um, result given where we were, you know, uh, six months ago, 12 months ago with, with COVID. So, um, that's a huge result for the club that we've been able to surpass, um, you know, over 1800 members here. Um, so that will certainly, um, you know, uh, they'll certainly be on the Tuesday and the Wednesday be, be here in force. Um, and then, you know, like I said, on the Thursday, it'll, it'll balance out with, um, the general public coming along as well. Obviously, everyone wants to see the Grand Annual, the, the big feature jumps. But this year, do you think you'll see a change in people that can't get to one day, can get to the others? Will there be more people that come for maybe one or two days or the whole three? How do you think the breakup might affect people's decisions to come down? Based on the numbers we've got already, I think it's it's showing a bit of a trend that they're coming for the three days. Um, and the people that are coming are committed 
to those days. Um, uh, you know, the numbers currently, um, we've surpassed our um, general public ticket sales of 2019 on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. Um, we've still got a little bit of work to go for the Thursday, but um, that demonstrates that there, there's people that are travelling to Warrnambool, um, have booked accommodation and are staying in, in the region um, to come for the three days. You mentioned accommodation. Obviously, many people book way in advance. You obviously have a great relationship with motels and hotel owners in the township. Were they eagerly awaiting your news? Because you had to know about ticket numbers first, then they would obviously be able to sell to people that want to stay. So how has that uh, overflow been? Uh, how's that working out in terms of accommodation houses? Yeah, look, uh, our... Um, motel and hotelers have been um, magnificent and, and a great support to the club. You know, they were in a, 12 months ago, they were in a very difficult position as was the club with having to deal with um, transferring of, of business. And um, from what I've heard and spoken to out there in the in Warrnambool that, you know, they've done that very well. They've been able to transfer and, and they're very well equipped to doing that on an annual basis anyway. Um, you know, they're very good at, uh, as uh, the punters leave on the Friday after the Grand Annual Day, that uh, they're, they're rebooking um, for the next year. So it's a good little system. What it does do is it does make accommodation tight. So, you know, we've been speaking with, you know, um, numerous um, people out there that are booking at Port Ferry and Kuroitz and, you know, the surrounding um, towns. So, that, you know, it's great that they get a little bit of um, influx on a at a time of year that's traditionally not necessarily, a, you know, a high tourist tourism type time of the year. You're with Andrew Cuse. We're on site, RSN. We are here at Warrnambool Race Club coming up very soon. As you know, the big Warrnambool Carnival full coverage on RSN. We're spending time with Tom O'Connor, the club manager. So, Tom, some people might say it's a given. You had no crowds last year. It's a big event. They'll flock here for the big carnival. But it's been two years. People's habits change. We're a little bit of a, a different breed now with pandemics and uh, some people staying at home and so on. Do you have to win over some people to come back? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's certainly an element in the community and, you know, we've been having crowds back here since uh, November 2020. So it, it demonstrate those events have demonstrated there is a, an element of caution out in the community. Um and it certainly goes into our planning and, and through the support of the Victorian government in, in the process that they've put us through is we've got to make the venue, uh, you know, a COVID safe place. Um, we've got to put the measures in place that people expect out in the community now when you go out for dinner of an evening or you, you go away on the weekend. You, you, there's a certain level of expectation now that, you know, cleanliness standards are, are held fairly high. Um, and, uh, you know, people can, um, you know, have space to, to move and the like. So they're, they're the things that we'll be trying to put in place um, and ensure that the people that do come, that um, they've got that, that we're meeting that expectation. So do you expect the breakup of locals v visitors to be a normal ratio? Or? Yeah, look, it, it, again, um, you know, you're looking at the pre-sales and where they're coming from and even our membership, you know, we get fantastic support from um, Metro Melbourne from a metro, uh, from a membership point of view um, and they all enjoy coming to the carnival. You, you know, you only have to read our, um, uh, you know, our emails and the phone calls that come in and the interest um, from out of town and the amount of um, postage that we're sending out of Warrnambool suggests that, you know, that, that there is a there is a great balance. Um, you know, membership sort of sits at 50-50, um, Warrnambool and, and Metro Melbourne or, or outside of Warrnambool, which is, which is fantastic. 
And what about the uh, much-talked-about train trip down V-Line or the public transport? Do they work hand-in-hand with you? Do they wait to see what cap you're being given? Do they, is that something that is just a normal timetable? How will that fit this time in? It, it is a normal timetable. Um, they've obviously got things that are, that are in place um, that are that run for the 12 months of the year so it, it is about working into the normal timetable that is um, you know we've been trying to work on some things with heritage trains and things like that are, that are specific to to uh, to the carnival um, it's certainly not happening this year but um, you know there's things that are happening around the Jericho and potentially around um, you know the 2022 May carnival where you know we'd love a specific um, heritage train that you know transports people from from Metro Melbourne to the to the May carnival or to the Jericho Cup and the experience on the day uh, one aspect is people love to be on the hill watching the great race but I believe with the zones, that might not be possible for members. Can you explain how that will work? And is it something that's going to be obviously disappointing to some, but just you can't help that fact? It, it is. It, and, and look, I don't like to sort of, you know, say it's the, it is the, it is the casualty of, of probably the two zones. Um, however, we've been communicating regularly with our members. You know, if they feel strongly about wanting to be in zone two for the Thursday, they're certainly registering with us and putting that interest um, through to us and we're able to accommodate that. So, um, the free movement between the zones is, has been, you know, the, um, the one topical discussion here in the office. And, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, we could have had no zones, which would have allowed us to have 6,000 for the three days. Um, or we have the two zones, which allows us to have obviously the, uh, the 12. So I think, you know, I think the winner is obviously to have more people here. And, um, you know, we, if we can run a COVID safe May carnival for this year, um, if we can get everybody vaccinated and safe again, um, let's hope that 2022 we don't have to, to go through these, uh, restrictions again. Because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because you can all already foresee there'll be photos and there'll be people saying, look at them, they're, they're, jam-packed like sardines on the hill. Why is that a case? I can't just join them a few more and walk over there. But that's just the restrictions the government give you. It is. It is. And look, it's no different when you watch the AFL at the moment. You see certain bays at the MCG that are that are packed and others that are, you know, uh, clearly socially distancing and the like. So as event managers um, at the moment, I think the, the, the most important thing is that we're able to run the carnival um, in a COVID-safe manner and, and we're able to have people back on track. And I think, you know, we'll do our, our, our best to make sure the experience is as close to as normal. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're you're sort of putting it out there to the public that, you know, we we are dealing with, with a pandemic and, um, you know, we want everybody to be safe. Is the mayor coming? He made headlines last year saying he didn't want racing people in town, but uh, racing has pressed on and been one of the safest industries across the country. Amazing work has been done across the racing code. So will he be coming? Were you, did that get blown out of proportion? I guess it didn't help you to a point. Look, they had their, their rationale. Funnily enough, that, that, that mayor no longer has that position. So He actually said racing people are not welcome. This was when it was a carnival where there was going to be no crowds anyway, was it? Or Correct, correct. They... Um, and look, the mayor um, at the time. Uh, look, I take my hat off to to Tony. He he was probably the only one one of um, seven councillors who actually rang us to try and gather information on 
what we were doing. Um, the other six councillors who are no longer hold a position with council um, actually um, didn't give us that opportunity. So um, we've got a totally new council here at um, in Warrnambool, um, a clean slate, um, and they've been uh, led by our mayor, um, Vicky Jelly, um, are doing a, a great job in understanding um, what has occurred in the last 12 months in the racing industry um, and have been supportive of an understanding that as a club we've been running events now um, with crowds since November, um, events that they've all attended and they understand that the processes that we put in place are pretty strict and stringent and the, you know, the, and it's why the industry has been able to continue to race through the pandemic. With Andrew Cuse, RSN, we're on site. We're chatting here in the offices of the Warrnambool Race Club with Tom O'Connor, an RSN feature. We just had the recent Oak Bay Carnival. Um, at one stage, they were only, only going to be allowed about a 1,000 people on track, and you are, I think, from Adelaide. And uh, last minute, they got a bit of a reprieve with an increase, but still, it was nothing like it used to be. Did that give you concerns? Uh, they were very ultra-conservative over there, especially, weren't they? Yeah, they have been, <coughs> Sorry, um, generally. Uh, in South Australia, um, you know, I've got family there, so um, they've tended to be, yeah, exactly as you've put it, um, reasonably conservative. But, you know, Shane Collins and his team at Oatbank have done a magnificent job. Um, you know, I, I was disappointed not to be able to get over there um, and and see what they were able to do, but, you know, tuned in like everybody else on on um, racing.com and watched what, um, uh, what was put out. And, you know, there was some fantastic racing and some great um, steeples and hurdles, which I think um, is very important to our carnival, um, and hopefully we'll we'll see the benefits of that racing come through in our carnival as well. Tom O'Connor with us. Tom, um, obviously we don't want to go through a pandemic again, and who knows what the future does hold, and we're still uh, cautiously optimistic about the future, but there's still, I guess, roadblocks every now and again. As a racing administrator, what have you learnt over the last year or so? Are there things that have come out of the last year that you can take with you that are positives in some way? Yeah, we, we our operations have changed um, dramatically, um, and I think some for the better. Um, you know, we're operating in a, um, you know, using technology more on courses. Some of the old systems um, of the past of uh, have gone by the wayside, and you know, we've it's probably forced us to make. Uh, the transition into, you know, electronic um, transactions a lot quicker than what was probably happening. Um, you know, the May Carnival is a pre-ticketed event now. Um, that's probably something that will, will never change. That will stay in place now. Um, you know, we've, we've got an opportunity, um, like music concerts, like the football do, um, for, you know, big events. You know, if you don't have your ticket, you don't get in. You know, gone are the days of potentially walking up to a May Carnival and purchasing a ticket. Um, so there's little things like that, I think, that are that are that are um, a real positive. Um, and you know, the the being mindful around our obligations to the partner who comes on course. You know, the safety measures, cleanliness. I think, you know, the industry has shown that. Um, you know. As a society, we can do that better. Um, we're probably um, healthier because of it. And, you know, irrespective of whether we're dealing with this pandemic, you know, there'll be things that we keep in place, no doubt, for years on end now. So how many meetings a year do you hold at Warrnambool? Where do you see your place as a race club now and going forward in the Victorian racing industry scheme? Yeah, very important. We, You know, we've traditionally raced... Um, close to every fortnight so we've we've got the uh the 19 meetings plus the one with woodford our tenant tenant club 
So, you know, we're import- very important um, uh, race club, particularly in the southwest. Um, you know, we've got a magnificent training base here um, who, are do- who are doing some, you know, fanta- getting some fantastic results around um, not only in southwest Victoria, but, you know, metropolitan Melbourne and travelling everywhere, um, representing Warrnambool and, and winning good races. So, you know, it's it's very important that we race, but it's it's also very important that um, from a training base we're supporting those trainers. So, how strong can you be as a training base? Obviously, Kieran Maher has put the place on a map, but when you when you talk about maybe the Racing dot com park, the the Ballarats, even Bendigo to Point, they they spruik about being an hour, an hour and a half from Melbourne, so it's almost like a not an outer suburb, but they 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 sell that fact that their proximity to the city meeting. You can't do that. So how do you grow your training base? Is it more the idyllic uh, safe haven of a country township? How do you grow your training base? It, it is the lifestyle, uh, and the beach is our sort of jewel in the crown. Um, we are constantly communicating with our council around the importance of our trainers being able to access the salt water of Lady Bay and, and just <clears throat> do that therapeutic type recovery work um, that, you know, trainers like Maddie Williams have great success in doing with older horses and the likes and and just being able to understand <clears throat> what it means for a horse to be able to, uh, you know, canter along a, an even beach surface that has a bottomless uh, ground. It doesn't have a, a base Um so that's 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 our jewel in the crown, um, but we've also got a um, you know a great training centre here, um, with uh, you know numerous tracks and paths that the, the trainers can utilise. That I think um, any trainer out there that's listening, you know, um, would see attractive. Um, but again, also the lifestyle of of Warnable. Um the three hours, you know, um, is we don't have that um, ability of being an hour. Um, like some of those other bigger clubs, um, but at the same time, um, you know, we play a very important role in southwest Victoria, and um, you know, the trainers will travel. Uh, they've got access to, to to Ballarat pretty pretty quickly, Geelong, um, and also you know down into into Melbourne. Almost spend a few hours going from one side of Melbourne to the other these days. Uh, you mentioned the change of council in the last year. Is that a good thing going forward for that ongoing debate about use of the beaches for race horses? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we had a, um, a fantastic meeting with them recently where they actually invited um, representatives of the club but also the trainers. And, um, you know, we had great re- representation from Daniel Bowman, Maddie Williams and Simon Wilde who were able to give the councillors a bit of an idea of what it means for them as, you know, p- uh, people that have grown their businesses in Warrnambool um, and have started you know, from the scratch and, you know, now employ, uh, you know, healthy numbers as far as staff goes. Um, they've all got healthy numbers of horses and, you know, they're ambassadors for the city of Warrnambool wherever they go. Um, you know, you know, Simon at the moment is having great success and wherever he goes, um, depending on the, the level of race, he, he's a Warrnambool lad. So, um, you know, you take, I think the city needs to understand that a little bit more and, you know, get behind and make sure that these guys can continue to operate their business here in Warrnambool and, and the beach is the key to that. Tell me about uh, the Jericho Cup. How big can that be? How, what are your plans for the Jericho Cup, which is obviously now your second most important, uh, well, in fact, that's probably not the right term because the importance of the Jericho Cup can't be understated, but where are you, where are you, where do you see that going for you? Because it's been amazing, amazing in just this short time. 
Yeah, that, that one's probably endless. Um, it is, um, you know, like I said, I've been in racing for over 10 years now and I've never come across such a magnificent concept created by um, Bill Gibbons and supported by Racing Victoria and the Warnable Racing Club. It, it um, you know, it's just one of those things that linking our war history with racing is, um, it's just a great concept. And, um, you know, it, uh, you know, it sits in a great time of the year. Um, as far as, um, you know, weather goes in, in Warrnambool, um, you know, I, I've sort of got a, and this is probably a personal sort of, uh, opinion on it that, you know, you talk about your Bendigos, your Ballarats and your Pakenhams have got their standalone Saturdays. Um, you know, it'd be magnificent to see, um, the, the Jericho Cup stand alone on a, on a Saturday and, and be able to pull together a full production that brings those war stories and the connection between racing and, and the whaler um, to out into as many, um, you know, living rooms as we can get because, you know, I think it's very important that, you know, our, our history doesn't get lost and, and the one thing that Bill Gibbons and through the relationship with the Jericho, he's been able to reinvigorate that from a different angle and and the concept can go far and wide and people can resonate with with our war history but also what how racing can play a role in that and um what about the facilities themselves here at wodonga you, you we used to joke about those terrific concerts that you started i mean uh, some great acts of course there um and and what is that something you want to i mean you've got a huge base here at warnable with a great population are you trying to use the race course in more ways than just race meetings yeah, look, COVID's probably put a bit of a, uh, a dampener on all that kind of um, uh, scenarios. But look, at the moment, our focus is clearly on our on our racetrack and um, and our race meets, um, and also um, our training facility. That's probably the highest of priorities for the club at the moment. But yeah, but definitely, like any venue, we're an open space venue. Um, we offer um, so much to our community as far as. Um, you know anything that they want you know wants to come to town whether it be a music concert or a caravan show or or, or a, um, a festival you know it, we've got the space and I think that's you know there's plenty of people out there that want to run those events but in the last you know 12, 12 months it's been very difficult um, but I think you know once things open up again that'll definitely come on the come come on the agenda at some stage. The third year now here and you came from Wodonga to here getting closer to South Australia getting closer to home are you enjoying the move? Has it been a successful one for yourself? Are you enjoying it? Uh, do you see yourself here for the long haul? Yeah, been through a lot. We get through this. I, I'll probably be here for life. Um, it's been challenging. Um, you know, I've got a wife and, and two boys that have um, relocated, schooling and the likes, and, you know, homeschooled and the likes for all of 2020. But, um, you know, I've had, you know, great support from... Um, some good people on, on the Warnable um, Racing Committee that have embraced me and we've got a magnificent, um, we've had a bit of turnover with staff and, and the likes but at the moment we've got a really small tight group that are, um, are doing some great things to try and put on this carnival and if we come out the other end with our heads held high I think we'll be, um, it's onwards and upwards for the team. There are many racing administrators that seem in a lifetime to have a resume with a handful of clubs. And as you mentioned there, probably the one thing we don't think about as much is the uprooting of the family. Kids go to school and might be four or five years in and then change to a whole different city, sometimes a different climate, different state and so on. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think that's something um, 
racing what's your view on racing administrators should they approach the the job and enter, enter in the industry as something that gives them the chance to experience more than just one race club are they missing out if they just say i'm going to this race club and this is me for life if the club allows me to be here yeah look i've probably had a bit of a personal view on that andrew that you know for me it's about challenging the individual, and if the if the role is still challenging after five years or ten years or twenty years, then then there's probably a role for you to stay in it. But at the same time, um, in these types of roles, you can become comfortable. Um, certainly, at a, at a, in a leadership position, so you know you've always got to be challenging yourself, um, uh, in, you know, to do better, and and that's sort of been something that I've always aspired to. So I, I have tended to. To do stints, whether it be in footy and, um, you know, in the last, um, two positions have been in racing, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm always someone that, um, you know, wants to, to challenge myself. So, but it's, it's certainly, I'm certainly doing that here at the moment. And what I would say about the position here in this club is, um, it's a, it's a big challenge and it's something that, you know, I want to, um, stick around for, for a, a little bit longer, um, at the moment, because there's a lot of great things that we can do with this club. Tom O'Connor, great to be here at Warrnambool having a chat to you. Good luck with the carnival. Good luck going forward. All the best. Thanks, Andrew.